Attention, disclaimer. The following conversation is not necessarily supported by Mornings with Ken or if it's affiliates. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, we're going to talk about seven ways to make life-changing decisions. And this is coming from uh, lifehack.com and also coming from Ken Lotney uh, with no.com. But my own personal remarks and opinions and suggestions. But um, I don't necess- I'm not going to necessarily agree with uh, seven ways to make life-changing decisions from this article from uh, Lifehack. But I'm going to throw it out there and then see what you guys... Um, you guys take what you want. Um, obviously, for me, before I do any life-changing decisions... I'm going to talk it over with my wife and go to it with uh, prayer. So, but according to lifehack.com, let's just go in order. Number one, realize the power of decision making. Before you start making a decision, you have to understand what a decision does. Any decision that you make causes a chain of events to happen. Ooh, sort of like the butterfly effect, right? When you decide to pick up a cigarette to smoke it, that that decision might result in you picking up another one later on to get that same feeling. After a day, you may have gone through a pack without knowing it. But if you decide not to smoke that first cigarette and make a decision every five minutes to focus your attention somewhere else, when you get that craving after doing this for a week, your cravings will eventually subside and you will become smoke-free. But it comes down to making that very first decision of deciding whether or not to pick up that cigarette. Now, I do understand point number one. I get it. Um, power of making that first decision. Very good. I mean, I don't know that I disagree. Um, it, it, you got to get started and make that first decision. Um, so, uh, you know, if you want to, for me, if I wanted to quit Coca-Cola, I got to make that first decision about not picking up that first can of Coca-Cola. So, if you're a smoker... It's probably going to be very hard for you not to pick up that morning cigarette uh, when you wake up out of bed. So, yeah, I know sometimes you cigarette smokers, you got to have that morning cigarette. And I don't know how you can start your day with that morning cigarette with the the smoke filling up in your lungs Um, as soon as you get out of bed. Doesn't it just make you not breathe good in the morning because you're all stuffy probably from sleep and sometimes you get a little stuffy or dry nose or whatever doesn't it make it worse i don't know i've never been we've been a smoker so all right moving on number two go with your gut oftentimes we take too much time to make a decision because we're afraid of what's going to happen. As a result of this, 
We go through things like careful planning, deep analysis, and pros and cons before deciding. This is very time-consuming process. Instead, learn to trust your gut. For the most part of your first instinct is usually the one that is correct or the one that you truly wanted to go with. Even if you end up making a mistake, going with your gut still makes you a more confident decision maker compared to someone who takes all day to to decide. Now, I might differ on this one a little bit because generally I've gone with my gut most most of my life. But For me, it requires making an analytical decision because I've been wrong before and I made quick decisions by going with my gut that proved not to be the wisest decision. So going with your gut, it's kind of unreliable. I think you should weigh weigh it with analytical thinking and then your gut instincts and also I say get some wise wisdom from other people I mean just say for example you're ready you're going to get ready to go into business and say you have this great idea and you're sure it's going to work it's something you love to do you think you could be successful at it Go talk to a businessman. Find one. There's even people in the community that you can go to and bounce business ideas off of them. Uh, Pretty much every large city has one. Just find out where yours is in your local community. And get some wisdom from businessmen that are out there and have done it. You know, they could could give you pointers. So um, nothing wrong with getting some wise counseling. Number three, carry out your decision. Carry out your decision. When you make a decision, act on it. Commit to making a real decision. What's a real decision? It's when you decide on something and that decision is carried out through action. It's pointless to make a decision and have it played out in your head while not doing anything about it. That's the same as not making a decision at all. If you want to make real life changes in your life, you have to make it, make it a habit to apply action with your decision until it's completed. By going through this so many times, you will feel more confident with accomplishing the next decision you have in mind. So you have to act on it, carry it out. Very true. Um, I know in dealing with somebody that I'm trying to help uh, help along, a lot of times they're all they're all talk, and and they they talk about plans of doing something, but they sit and do nothing at all. So they they go nowhere. They go nowhere, but they they're always thinking about a plan. They will tell you about their plan, but they're, 
the plan just sets there. So work out a plan, but carry it out. Do step one of your plan. Do step one of your plan. Carry it out. It does no good. You know, it's just like I heard a a pastor preach a sermon one time. And uh, he used this analogy for, for an example. So um, there's a sick guy lying in the hospital bed. And boy, is he sick. He is sick. So the pastor of local church comes to visit the sick guy in the hospital. He comes into the patient's bedroom and hospital bed and he he says, uh, Hey, Joe, how you doing? Oh, the patient replies, not so well, Doc. Not so well. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling very good at all. He goes, but the, the doctor gave me a, a, a prescription of pills I'm supposed to take. He goes, it's right there on the table. Bottle of pills. Doctor says, that medicine will make me better. That's a nice pill bottle. That's a nice pill bottle there. Nice lid. Nice color of a pill bottle. It looks real good. It must have uh, 60 pills in there. Isn't that a great bottle right there, preacher? Preacher, ain't that a great bottle of medicine right there? I, I, I like the, the color of the plastic bottle there and the white lid. and It's got a safety lock on it. Isn't that a great bottle? Well, the preacher says, well, what good's the medicine if you ain't going to take it? You know, you could talk about the bottle that's going to make you feel better all you want. But if you don't crack open that lid and take the medicine, you're going to lay in that hospital bed sick. Well, that's how you could be in life when you when your life isn't going in the direction you want it to go. You don't take the medicine. You don't take the first step. So you got to make the first step. Number four, tell others about your decisions. Once you come up with the decision, tell others. Telling others kind of makes it, it cements it. It puts it down on, it puts it out there. The article says, there's something about telling other people what you're going to do that makes us follow through. For example, for the longest time, I've been trying to become an early riser. Whenever I tried to use my own willpower, waking up early without falling back to sleep felt impossible. So what I did was I went to a forum and made the decision to tell people that I would wake up at 6 a.m. and stay up. Within two days, I was able to accomplish this because I felt a moral obligation to follow through my words, even though I failed the first time. Did people care? Probably not. But just the fact that there might be something else out there seeing you're, you're telling the truth will give you enough motivation to following through with your decision. 
So you got to put it out there. You got to put it out there. Uh, two years ago, not quite two years ago, I uh, I decided I was going to write a book. I was going to capture some some uh, memories and thoughts on paper. So I told of just a few people about it. Well, that kind of put the pressure on. So I felt I had to complete my book and get it published. And I did. So telling people, it helps cement it. It brings life to it. So you got to act on it. All right. Hey, let, real quick, let's take a break before we finish up on this uh, uh, section. Today's weather, a high of 41 with a low of 27 degrees. following a strange melody. I'm not following the Piper. I know who I'm following. But hey, that was some ABBA. You gotta love some ABBA. Man, I love ABBA. Number five. We are talking about... We are talking about making decisions. Seven ways to make life-changing decisions. So we again are on... Number five, learn from your past decisions. Even after I failed to follow through my decisions the first time, when I told people I was going to wake up early and stay up, I didn't give up. I basically asked myself, what can I do this time to make it work tomorrow? The truth is you are going to mess up. At times when it comes to making decisions, instead of beating, beating yourself up, Learn something from it. Ask yourself, what was good about the decision I made? What was bad about the decision I made? What can I learn from it so I make a better decision next time? Remember, don't put so much emphasis focusing on short-term effects. Instead, focus on the long-term effects. So, you know, I've been there. I've made decisions to do things and only to fail and not follow through. And I've really beat myself up over it, you know. But I, I've learned that you start the next day over again when you fail. So don't give up. Number six, maintain a flexible approach. I know this might sound counter intuitive, but making a decision doesn't mean that you can't be open to other options. 
For example, let's say you made a decision to lose, excuse me, you made a decision to lose 10 pounds by next month through cardio. If something comes up, you don't have to just do cardio. You could be open to losing weight through different methods of dieting as long as it helps you reach your goal in the end. Don't be stubborn to seek out only one way of making a decision. Embrace any new knowledge that brings you closer to accomplishing accomplishing your initial decision. Well, I am in the middle of the weight loss thing. Um, I tried one approach and I'm failing at it. So I need to re-examine and try different approaches. So, all right, moving on. Number seven, have fun making decisions. Finally, enjoy the process. I know decision-making might not be the most fun thing to do in the world, but when you do it, often it becomes a game of opportunity. That is true. You know, some of my best gains in life is when I made decisions and made a plan. It's kind of a little bit off topic of number seven, but I find that making decisions, if I, if I sit down and I think things through and kind of map it out on paper, it helps me make better decisions. Kind of having a plan. You know, um, I've said this many times on the show in the past that uh, my family and I have moved into a newer home, or new home to us, and uh, a few months now. And uh, there's a lot of work. The house was in good shape. The house doesn't, it didn't really need a whole lot of attention. But we wanted to make it ours and wanted to get settled in by doing things to make it look like our home. So there's small projects that needed to get done. And sometimes I was getting overwhelmed because I feel like, oh, I'll start doing this project. So then I'll leave the room to go maybe get supplies to do that project. And when I'm in the garage, I may see... Oh, but if I'm going to do that project, I'll need to have something out in the garage to bring this stuff downstairs to put it in the garage. So I need a shelf. So I get myself on two different projects at the same time. So, you know, it could be very, it could be very, you know, aggravating and frustrating because you're trying to do multiple things because you're getting distracted because you're getting away from your plan. So I, I had to really plan it out and say, you know what, on this day or on these days, I'm working in the basement and I'm just going to concentrate. And if I find, I find myself needing to move stuff out of the basement, and I know it needs to go to a different room. I just set it off to the side. I'm not making that trip up to that other room to, to move it. I'm going to stay centered in that room and finish that room and push stuff off to the side out of my way to accomplish the goal that I had in the basement. Because I knew if I left the basement 
to carry something out of the way upstairs, I would get distracted and say, well, where am I going to put this at? You know, I need to put that shelf up so I can have a place to put these things. You know, so I knew I couldn't let that happen. I had to stay focused on what I was doing. So I I think, to me, focus is the most important part of the plan. Focus on your plan. If you're going to make a decision. Um, for example, um, if there's job changing, maybe you're looking to change a job and you're not sure if you should. And of course, there's always the money aspect to consider. But if, if it's just, uh, well, on health insurance too, but if, it, you know, maybe it's location, maybe you want to work closer to home, or maybe you, you're doing it for the money, but the, the job, the new job you're thinking about going to is 40 miles further than where you're at now. So is, is the money worth it? Is it worth leaving that job? Maybe you're, you've been in that job 20 years and you're just kind of tired of the same old rut every day. Do you want to take a job that's 40 minutes further away just to get out of that rut? Or do you want to plan it and say, you know what, let's investigate more for about a year. And let's investigate different opportunities for a year and then see what's out there, narrow it down, then decide what, you know, decide what are some of the main factors that I want to, in my decision making, what do I want the new job to look like? So, you, you know, a lot of things to consider before just jumping to a, you know, a job change. And, and I've, I've been guilty of that in the past, um, years ago, you know, you know, thinking about leaving a job just because you're frustrated. And it's true what they say. Never make any decision on a Monday. Boy, over my lifetime, if if I would have followed through on every decision I thought of on Monday morning, oh, I'd been in a world of a mess. I would have been in a mess. Because Monday morning, you're not thinking clearly. That was the best advice I ever heard. I don't know who gave it to me, if I heard it on the radio or read it in a book, but boy, never make a decision Monday morning while you know, you're getting ready to go to work or you're at work. Worst time because you're coming off the weekend. You're, you, you know, you're coming off that high of being off of the weekend. Then you're going to work on Monday. You're already not feeling your best. You're kind of, maybe you're a little sad, depressed, or just kind of not in the best mood. And, and so you, you're not thinking clearly. You really don't want to make them. And you don't want to make one out of anger. I've been in situations where I, you know, been in jobs where I felt like my job was not the best thing for me. People weren't recognizing my talents and different things. So I became angry and thought about just walking away. Um, luckily, I didn't, but um, I've left for other reasons. But um, 
not out of anger. You know, you don't want to make decisions out of anger. It's, it's not, it's not a healthy thing. So, yeah, you know what? I'm, I am so glad that I stayed away making decisions on Mondays and out of emotion. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's why I say you can't always follow your gut. Because your gut may say, ah, oh, man, Kenny, did, you know, didn't that, your boss doesn't appreciate you. Man, you, you just need to get out of here. Well, no, well, let's, let's think about this. What are you leaving? Years of vacation time behind? Um, you know, friendships? Health, good health care, if that's the case. And, you know... There's lots of things to consider. Location. Man, I only work five minutes away from my job. How great is that? So you're thinking, man, you know what? I got to be at work at seven. I live five minutes away. Man, I could sleep in till six. You know, maybe six. No, let's push it 6.15. But, you know, six o'clock and get up and... uh, Go take a shower, shave, get ready, brush my teeth, go put the coffee on, go change, get in my clothes, go sit down and have a nice cup of coffee, maybe a, a nice bagel, so, and then because you know you're five minutes away. So those are the kind of things that uh, you got to consider when uh, making decisions. So as I think about this article we just read, I mean, there's some good things about it, but there's also things uh, I think could be said better. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with uh, making a gut-level decision. I think sometimes you can use your emotion and your and analytics to uh, make your decision, so... Hey, what are you going to do with that uh, stimulus check that's coming? Um, I, you know, I see where uh, the house, I think the house, I don't know if they sent it to the Senate yet, but an additional uh, $1,400 um, stimulus check coming your way if you qualify. So, um, hey, there's a decision that's got to be made. Are you going to go out and buy that thing from Best Buy, computer, TV? You're going to order something from Amazon or you're going to save it or go open up a Roth IRA. Yeah, yeah, some some decisions. Some decisions. So, <laughs> hey, I'm going to, let's take another break. I got one more thing I'm going to talk about um, when we come back. So let's take a break.
All right, welcome back. Um, I saw this story. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, it kind of reminds me of that uh, that story that um, about the guy who had to stay at an airport uh, long term. Who was in that? Tom Hanks. Oh, what was the name of that movie that Tom Hanks was in, where he lived in an airport for a while? Either he. Oh, I think his country. Um, when it when it while he was over in America. His country overseas got into a war and, and there was no flights going over there. Um, I think all oh, the term terminal, the terminal, I think it was called with Tom Hanks. So, well, here's a, a like a real life story. Um, this is uh, coming from CNN. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, man lived undetected in Chicago airport for three months. So that caught my attention. A California man who was scared to go home because of COVID lived undetected in the Chicago O'Hara airport for three months. I can't pronounce his name because I think it'd be rude to try to mis- misspeak, um, but I think his last name is pronounced Sign. Sign 33 was arrested on Saturday morning um, and charged with impersonation in a restricted area of the airport and theft of less than $500. Sai is reported to have been apprehended after being approached by two United Airlines employees who asked for his identification. Um, so he was living in the airport for three months because he was afraid to go home due to covid And uh, I don't understand. I guess someone at home had COVID and he didn't want to go back because he was afraid he would catch it. Well, he, he got arrested and his bond was set at $1,000 and he has an up and coming court date. Um, but I guess the inspectors of the airport want to know how did he live in a very secured, unauthorized area for three months and no one caught him, you know, or or asked him what he was doing. But my thing is, if you're afraid to go home because someone at home has COVID, you feel better at the Chicago O'Hara airport I mean, how do you feel safer? <laughs> I mean, at least at home, maybe you can, whoever that family member or is at your home, maybe, you know, quarantine themselves in a bedroom and you wipe everything down in the other rooms and then maybe you just bring them uh, like their lunch and dinner. When, But I would take my chances at home like if my spouse, if Dixie got COVID, God forbid, at her house, I'm not going to go live at the airport. Thousands and, th- and thousands of people coming through the airport, you know, they're not all keeping their mask on and they touch things. They touch, you know, railings as they walk along or they their hands are on countertops and touching 
pens and and, and in the bathroom they're touching. I I would go home. I'd live at home. I would quarantine Dixie into the bedroom, wipe everything down in the house, and I would bring her food. And and you know, but I'm not gonna go to a public place and live for three months because I'm afraid to go home because of COVID. I I, I don't know what the guy was thinking. I I I would go. I'd go to a homeless shelter before I'd live in the airport. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get... Airports have got to be filthy. I mean, I'm sure they got a guy mopping the floor and waxing the floor every so often, but you know they're not. You know they don't have enough employees, you know, to have people going down and wiping down, you know, railings or... You, you you don't realize how much stuff you touch in public in one day, let alone three months. Countertops, um, pens or that you're signing a paper with, or at at the snack bar in the airport, at the restaurant, in in the in the bathroom, and the, the toilet handle, and the sink, and the the door. You have to open the door with your hands in a public bathroom. Uh, Mr. Sai, is there more to your story that you're not telling people? Because I'm not living in no airport for three months because I'm afraid to go home because someone has COVID at my house. You're going to catch COVID at the airport. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. Strange story. Strange story. So now I guess I, I kind of want to go home and watch the movie the terminal with uh, Tom Hanks. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for stopping by. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Let's do this again tomorrow. Bye bye now.